Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, this is The Ramsey Show. It's where we help you win in your life, specifically with your money, in your work, and in your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman. George Camel joins me. And we are here for you. George, take those money questions, and I'll weigh in. And then I'm here on any of those bigger shovels, more income questions. You want more income? Let's talk about it. Because that helps you get through the baby steps faster, and I'm here to help with that. George weighs in as well. Let's start this hour off with Allie in Tucson, Arizona. Allie, how can we help? Hi, can you hear me? I can, loud and clear. George, can you hear? Absolutely. There you go. Perfect. So my question is about investing in retirement versus paying off the house quicker. Um, um, we are a single, single income family. My husband has his um, preferences set to where 15% comes out of his paycheck every month or every week um, to his 401k. Um, for some reason, that has not applied to the bonuses he gets throughout the year. Um, and we're just now taking a look at that and wondering if we should make our own individual contribution to the 401k for the bonus amount or if that money would be better used paying off the house. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, what's his income? Um, his base rate is about 95000 Okay. Plus the bonus last year ended up being a total of about fifteen gross. Fifteen in bonuses. 15, yes. Okay. So about one ten in total compensation. Yes. Has he checked with the HR team? Um, I'm not sure if he has. We'll have to double check on that. That would be my first step. Is just to talk with them and say, "Hey, I know these bonuses are happening. I don't see the fifteen percent coming out. Is there a way to apply that to the four hundred one k, even if it's retroactively, and get some intel on that on their side?" Okay. And if you can apply it, then go for it. That's 15% of your household income, and any extra money beyond that 15%, I would apply toward the principal on the mortgage. And if you can't apply it for some reason, you can't do it in the 401k, you could do it in a Roth IRA and contribute to that. Okay. And the max this year is 7000 Okay. You'd recommend treating that bonus as just regular income and do the 15% rather than throwing it at the house. Yeah, because this bonus is part of his compensation plan. And so I'm just going to consider it just like the IRS would. This is your gross household income. And so I'm going to do 15% of the gross household income into retirement. Got it. Okay. How, how much extra money do you guys have to throw at the mortgage every month? Um, it varies. Um, the last few months, it's been around 2000 Awesome. On top of your normal payment. Um, yes, there's a there's a kink there. Um, it is a rental property. Oh, so at, but you guys aren't living in it. No, sir, we're not. Are you renting, or do you have your own primary residence with a mortgage? Um, we are renting. We have extremely subsidized rent through my husband's work. Okay, so you're renting very cheaply, and you hung on to your property as a rental. Um, yeah, we actually purchased it last year. Oh, while you were renting? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a great goal to have a paid-off rental. That thing will cash flow like nothing, nothing else. Yeah. We're intending for it to, whenever we do move to a more permanent situation, to sell it and use the equity towards our personal 
um, residence, but Great. since we don't have anywhere here that we want to live and buy a house, we went forward with the rental. So That's wise. You guys yeah, have done it really it. well. Off to a great start. All right, let's go to Raleigh, North Carolina. Julian is there. Julian, how can we help? Hello. Can Hello. You hear me? We hear you loud and clear. What's going on? Um, so I just I just graduated recently in May, and I ended school with about two hundred and seventy thousand dollars in student debt, and I make fifty two annually pre tax, and. I think I'm just looking for direction. What were your what was your degree in? Computer science. Wow. What happened that caused you to go two hundred and seventy grand in debt for the computer science degree? Uh, it took a fifth year and the school has it's a public school, but it's basically private school tuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't get any um Was it out of state or anything? It is. Mm-hmm. Man. So what are you looking for? If we could snap our fingers today, what would we want as far as work? As far as work? Yeah, your job. Um, Let me ask it a different way. I, what are you looking what, – what, what's the path up the ladder for you making more money? What's that look like? What are you aiming for? I'm aiming to live comfortably and pay off these loans or at least make it so my co-signers – you know, Who's the co-signer? My uncle and my father. Oh yikes! No, but I, let me let me re-ask one more time, Julian. What are we looking to do? Are you wanting to go into coding? Do you want to go into cybersecurity? What is that computer science degree that you overpaid for? What are you looking to do? I know you're looking to be comfortable, but what is the professional path up the ladder? Name it. Software engineering. Okay. So what's keeping you from moving up right now? Well, I'm afraid of the impact on my co-signers. And one of the solutions I saw was if you join the military and do 10 years, then you could have them forgiven or something like that. Yeah, but... This, but let's that's, take that's not your co-signers future. aside. Forget the co-signers. Well, you need to be making six figures in software engineering ASAP. Well, or and you on need a, to pay or, off the or on a path. I want to be realistic. You should be in that sixty-five, seventy range, pretty realistically. Have you done your homework on this? I, I guess not. What are you doing now for fifty-two? I work remote uh, for a small company in Canada doing cybersecurity okay. during the week. My friend, I don't think your sights are high enough. And I'm not. By the way, I'm not getting on you. I'm trying to push you a little bit, Julian. Like. Your path to software engineer, let's go. Let's 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 start working in Raleigh, North Carolina. Is the, the research triangle? How is it that you aren't on a pathway to making 70, 75, uh, six figures in one or two years as a software engineer? I think it's just effort. Am I right or am I wrong? I didn't know it was possible to do that that soon, I guess. It's absolutely possible. You may have to pay your dues for 12 months, which you're already starting. I mean, good at least at least you're in the technology field, but you need a ladder, a path forward, and, and and you don't need to go to the military because all I heard was a guy who goes, well, I'll go 10 years and pay my penance, and then hopefully they wipe my loans away. No, go make really good money and do what's right and pay off the loan and take care of your uncle and your father who bet on you. It was a bad bet. They didn't need to do that, but you did it. Hang on the line. 
Let's give him a copy of my number one bestseller, The Proximity Principle. You need to get around software designers in Raleigh. It's your second job, coffee, lunch. Find out what opportunities are there, how they got where they are. Get after it, young man. Opportunities come when I'm around the right people in the right places, and that's what you need. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable, Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show, where we help you win with your money in your work and in your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the number. 888-825-5225. I'm Ken Coleman. My colleague and good friend George Camel joins me this hour. And uh, George, I got to tell you. What's clumping your cat litter, Ken? (laughs) What? Clumping my what? Your cat litter. That's an old saying. What's clumping my cat litter? That's well, an old saying among the Gen Xers. That I thought would, you'd appreciate that. That would irritate me, and I'm irritated. Well, what's irritating? Well, I gotta Whenever you say, you. I gotta tell you, it means Ken's irritated. I gotta tell you. I think we need more haggle. We don't have enough haggle in today's economy. We've lost our haggle. We've lost the haggle. And this is not a, this is not a, 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 a minute issue. This is a massive issue. Let me explain. Do you know what I mean when I say haggle, George? Hundred percent. I mean, I love the haggle. I like to bargain. It is a, it's a kind of slang word for bargain. And have you ever traveled internationally, George? Yes. Have you been to one of these markets where they're selling goods? There's a lot of haggling going on. I mean, it's it's a normal deal. You show up, you smile, and you haggle, and no one's upset about it. Everybody gets the haggle. You're haggling. I'm haggling. We're all, we're haggling. all haggling. I think we need more haggle in the United States. And we don't have the haggle in one major area, and it's got me a little upset. I am in the middle of uh, now research to buy my second child a car. He's turning 16 in April, and here I am. And I'm reminded of the experience that I had last year trying to haggle. So let me me give you kind of the, the bad guy in this deal. It's CarMax. Mm. Just I look throw this, them under the bus, just I, like that. I am. I'll tell you why. Uh, they started this nonsense 30 years ago. Did you know this? They've been marketing the, hey, we're the no-haggle guys. They were the first ones to come out in the car industry that I know of, and they made it a national campaign slogan. It was, you come to CarMax, and we got the no-haggle pricing. And I remember first time hearing it going, oh, wait, wait, how does that work? I remember when they came out with it, George, I went to myself, I'd like to haggle still. And I remember going to CarMax going, is this really a thing? And boy, oh boy, is it. They weren't interested in haggling. Now, the price the, is the price. The price is the price. And the, the notion was, and they did a good job, and they actually won with the messaging. They said, look, if you come to CarMax, you can buy your car. You don't have to worry about the uh, slimy car salesman trying to work you over on price. But I can tell you that it's actually hurt us. It's gone against us. It was brilliant strategy. You know why? Why? Now every car dealer in the world is no haggle. They just jumped on the no haggle train. 
And uh, I don't like it because when I buy a car, as I did for my oldest son uh, about a year and a half ago, I bought it from private sellers and there's haggling. You get the haggle back when you, you go private. You get the haggle back. And I think, now I'm going to go a step further, George, and you're Mr. Save People Money, so I'm bringing you into this. And that's why I got to tell you, I think we need haggling in every walk of life. I'd like to haggle over a cup of coffee. Tell you what, I like to go to a coffee shop and go, listen, I got my buddy George with her. We're going to have a cup of coffee. Probably going to have more than a cup. We're probably in for multiple cups. Tell you what, I'd like to buy one, get one free. On this first one, because I'm probably wow. going to buy. Where, why can't I haggle over coffee, George? Well, I think, number one, America has a lot of, we have a lot of shame when it comes to social I think we have fear. Well, think about it. The tipping screens is another version of the, the you know, the shame-based culture, which is, ah, I feel like I got a tip, otherwise yeah. I'm going to get shamed. And the same thing with haggling. It's a very awkward, shameful thing, whereas in other cultures, it's, it's encouraged. Normal. It's normal. Can you imagine going to the mall with Whitney, and you're getting a little something, and you walk into the purse store, and you go... Tell you what, the uh, ticket price on this purse is uh, is one hundred and fifty dollars. I'll tell you what, would you take one twenty? Every time my wife Stacy and you know Stacy well, she sells. She loves everything. to haggle. Well, people haggle with her. I always hear on the phone. She goes, "Okay, you know, you go to a yard sale. You know what everybody's doing? Haggling. Facebook well, Marketplace. Haggle. People love to haggle. The haggle is in a lot of places. I think it's time in twenty twenty four, George." And I'm going to make the proclamation today. What say you, America? I think we need haggle everywhere. I think we need to be haggling cars, haggling a steak. I want to go and go, you got the tomahawk right there. You're charging $65. I tell you what, I'll give you 50 for it. That's a good deal on a tomahawk. Yeah, I'm making it up. I don't know what I'd a tomahawk. Take one for, well, it was That's 128 ounces. That's too much meat. I can't even look at that section. Yeah, I'm with you though. What do you think, George? I think why haggling, can we haggle in certain areas and we can't haggle in others? Well, some are you know they're standard businesses. I can't go to the grocery store necessarily and just go, hey, I think two fifty is a lot for the head of lettuce. Would you do two? The fourteen year old working the register can't help me with that, and so I try to choose my battles. And there's places you can and can't haggle. That's just how it is. I don't make the rules. I think we the people could make the rules, and I'm suggesting that we all start haggling a little bit more. Try the haggle. You never know what you'll get. What if we take that reverse shame and we go, and it's the poor 14-year-old kid at the coffee shop. He doesn't know. It's not my problem. Listen, I'd like to get two cups of coffee for one. What do you think, pal? And he's nervous. What do you think, pal? He's not going to go for that. He's scared of getting fired over this. I think he's scared of telling me the customer no. I think we need a little more haggle. If we can do it in the marketplace, George, I think we should be able to haggle at the mall, getting my kid a pair of shoes. Hey, here's the deal. You're charging 119 for that. I was across the street at JD's. This is full Now, that's a legitimate version of haggling, which is uh, price oh, so matching. That, But that's a haggle. That's haggling. So at Foot Locker, it's $20 cheaper. You give me the Foot Locker price, I think they'd do it. And I always look for the price matching policy. I'll tell you. And what. I'll always take advantage of that. By the way, I'm gonna. By the way, James in America, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. All right? I love to frequent J. Crew, And I have decided, as of today, You're this very haggle? moment... I'm going to go haggle for some clothes. What's the worst they can say? Uh, they look at me like I'm an alien? Pfft, that's not the first time that's ever well, happened. there's a version that's classy of this. You could go, hey, I'm not going to ask for that shirt for half off, but could you say, hey, you guys got any discounts you're running? You got any uh, promo codes no, you could apply? See, see, you're being, that's a classic that's a millennial cop. That's not haggling. You're asking if they have coupons. That's no. getting a discount. The same end result applies. I want to say yes and... I want to ask for the coupon, and then I want to haggle. 
I want to haggle some more. I'm going to haggle with you just to get you to stop talking about the haggle. Can people just, haggle on your books, Ken, on, on the there website? There we go. Now, see, this is a very good point. I respect the haggle. The answer is yes. Just Ken's like, got a family to feed. When somebody buys something from Stacy that we sell, because we do this a lot in our neighborhood, people buying and selling all the time. They're always, nobody buys the thing you sell at full price. Nobody does. And I'm just, I'm having a little fun with this, but I'm a little irritated because I think the car industry, I think we the people need to stand up and start haggling. It's going to take some courage. So I have three tips. You ready, James? I wanted to give some practical wow. takeaways. So here are the three how-tos of haggling. Are we ready? We, I should have given this to the guys to put on the screen because this is gold. George, All right. three how-tos to haggling. You can add or edit. You ready? Number one, be strong. Fair. You got to go into this knowing that it's not normal. Maybe they're going to look at you like it's weird. Maybe they're going to shut you down and reject you. You got to be strong, number one. Number two, you got to know your stuff. Do your homework. You got to do your homework. You know, look, Foot Locker across the street. or You got to know your stuff. You got to know more about that product than they do. You got to know. And then number three, you got to have walk away power. 100%. That's and you an actually one. have to walk away. You hear, you got, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I tell you what, I'll buy the shirt if you give it to me for this. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go across the street. Here's my, here's my number. Text me if you want me to buy that shirt. That's it. And you leave. The three how to's of haggling. I think those are strong. And I've done all three of those. Has it worked? Yeah, because they can tell if you're going to buckle. You know, this is a... Yeah. What's that? The um, the guy who wrote... Chris Voss? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, the Great negotiation. negotiation. Never split the difference. Never split the difference. And Rachel Cruz and I did a whole episode on Smart Money Happy Hour about negotiation. And I pretended like I was Rick the Boat Salesman. I, it's one of my favorite episodes. My point is... That's, and she buckled. But that's the haggle. You you can't haggle successfully if you don't use those three things. Be strong. Got to be okay with rejection. Number two, know your stuff. And number three, walk away. Make them think about it. I love that. Now, they may never call you back and get it, but... That's fine. A for effort. So there you go. Now, that's my opinion. What do you say, America? Speak up in the comments. Let us know. However you're watching, wherever you're watching. You can email the show. I don't care. I want to know. Do you want more haggle in the American economy? I say yes. You've got my vote. I think we need more haggle, Senator especially Coleman. in cars. I'm tired of paying sticker price on cars. Don't do it. I don't pay full price for pizza or you know cars. What? That's we my need, stance. You need to follow me on your YouTube channel, and I'll haggle in disguise at the car dealer. <laughs> we'll see if it works. All right, more of your calls coming up. Haggle more, America. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSE. Welcome back, America. You're joining the Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman, and George Campbell joins me. 
888-825-5225. Hey, the uh, Money and Marriage Getaway is back. I thought I'd bring this up since uh, tomorrow's a big day, George. You got your roses? You got the... I, um, you know? You got the candy? You got the chocolate? What is uh, what is Whitney's... We uh, have opted to? out of the consumerism holidays this year. Just opted out. Tell me more about this. I think America wants to know about this. We're getting pizza at home. No. Picking up uh, some pizzas. Yeah. Now, Stacey and I have opted out of the uh, Valentine's Day mania for probably a decade uh, because you just, it's, I'm tired of fighting for a table. I tell her I love her I'll every day. I'll take you out on Valentine's Day before, two days before, maybe three days after, kind of random. I may stop by uh, and get a get a little ribeye, make it at home. And put it on it top of the pizza? On top of the pizza. Okay. Underrated move. Now, are, I, America wants to know more from our money-saving uh, I've never tried maestro. it. I'll have to report what back. other What other uh, holidays, consumerism holidays, are you guys opting out? Almost all of them. I mean, outside of Thanksgiving dinner with family and Christmas dinner with family, we don't really uh, do a whole lot of celebrating. Now, when you say opting out, no card for Whitney? Not really card people. Really? Yeah. Man. We got to find a way for you to send an accidental on purpose text to Stacy to tell her that to like you know what I mean. Drop you the send hint. it to her, but you as soon as it goes through, you go, "Oh, sorry, that was meant for Ken." And it was you going, "Yeah, we don't uh, we don't do the Valentine cards anymore." Wow, something like you know what I mean. She's a big card person. Mm. Well, and, I think uh, it depends on the people. You know, if that's her her love language. Is yeah, but what do you do when you're when that you, affirmation when, when, when your wife's a big card person and you're not? You do it anyways. That's, that's her love language. That's what I do. That's what makes you a great husband. Yeah. But my wife is more into like, you know, treats and food and experience versus the flowers and the cards Mm -hmm. and all that. So I think you should make the pizza tomorrow as a romantic gesture. I think what's more romantic is getting a good pizza versus me attempting (laughs) a a gluten-free pizza at home. (sighs) I digress. I was supposed to be talking about our money and marriage event, and I got excited about Valentine's Day. James, are you a card person? Are you guys a card couple where you get each other Valentine's Day cards? Yeah, but we're usually DIY kind of cards. Mm. So I more. see you with a pair of little scissors and the construction paper. Well, and it's more glue. it's more about the kids at this stage, you know. So we're it's kind of a, you know, it's wow. all about the kids. At Dad this point. of the year, right there. This is something I want to know in the comment section. Are you people card givers at Valentine's Day, or do you just skip all the nonsense and do the? I'll pizza give you a life hack. I refuse to spend more than ninety nine cents on a card. Can you got it? Can you get a card Trader in today's Joe's. inflationary? Uh, they only sell ninety nine cent cards at Trader Joe's. That's where I go to get my cards. Well, I like Trader Joe's. Uh, hey, our money and marriage getaway is back. It's this fall, October 24, 25 and twenty six. Join Dr. John Deloney and Rachel Cruz for a weekend away in Nashville. Two and a half days of teaching on communication, intimacy, and money. A lot of Q and A, a lot of fun, and you and your spouse can get away and build your marriage. Platinum tickets already sold out. There's a few VIP tickets left, which includes meet and greets with John and Rachel. Visit RamseySolutions.com right now to get your ticket. They start at $799. That's a little bit above George's budget. Visit RamseySolutions.com slash events, the money and marriage getaway. And I I, uh, I heard it was great last year. Or this year, I should say. It was spring. amazing. It was I great. did get to speak. Uh, I did a great budgeting talk did at you? this previous one. I hope I get invited back. We'll see. But it is $7.99 per couple, which is a steal for a weekend marriage retreat. Right. And we make sure it's worth your while. By the way. It's a good time. I feel I should be responsible and point out that this is a no-haggle ticket price. And haggle. Unfortunately, uh, the Ramsey Solutions not on board with my more-haggle uh clarion call today to help the american people i'm a patriot i feel like it's patriot is level. this constitutional yeah 
All free right. speech. Haggling is free speech. Don't get me started. Steve is on the line in the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan, home of the Lions, who almost won the NFC Championship. Steve, how can we help? Hey, yeah, so I, uh, I'm recently running into some medical issues that has my family dipping into our emergency fund. I'm just kind of wondering, how much do we bleed down that emergency fund before taking the next step? And what would the next step be as far as selling the house, selling the cars, dipping into retirement, and what the uh, the process would be like? Can you tell us a little bit more about your medical condition and, and is that going to affect you working going forward? So, yes and no. So it's actually been about two years. Um, you guys really want to go down the rabbit hole. It's, it's long COVID or post COVID. Um, so at this point it's uh, basically leaving me bed bound for, for most of the days. Um, and there's no cure or no timeline of recovery at this point. I've seen people recover after two years, after three years, things like that. Are you married? But outside of that, I am married, yes. Is your spouse working? She is working, yes. What's the income of your spouse? Uh, she brings home after taxes and everything like that, right around $2,200, $2,300 a month. And that's the only thing keeping the family afloat right now? Correct. So did you leave your job? Were you fired? Or what happened there? No, so I went on short-term disability because of the uh, the illness and everything like that, and that ran us through basically up until December of 23, and now uh, the disability on that has ran out. We're currently in the process for filing for Social Security disability, but reading everything, it sounds like it's going to be an uphill battle. How um, old are you two? Regardless. I'm 35. She's 31. And how many kids? Uh, we've got one two-year-old. Okay. How much of a shortfall are you having based on her income? How much more money would you need to kind of not be living, you know, way below? I mean, using a, a budget, we'd probably 500, 600 a month, and, and that would be very, very minimum. Um, that would be, be break-even, just more comfortable. paycheck to paycheck, but, but, but you would be making it. Yeah, without having to spend that extra from our uh, emergency fund that kind of stuff well that's not i don't i don't want to in any way minimize your situation but five to six hundred dollars a month that's extremely doable for your wife right now she may be working a lot longer but you can't and if she's working a, a part-time job or she gets a better full-time job we can get that 500 to 600 a month yeah and i, and I don't want to make excuses it's just unfortunately it's to the point where we have child care kind of during the day and then when she comes home she's a giant help with our child who i'm i'm unfortunate to send not uh, fully able to take care of are you able to hours. do any work from your a computer at home uh not consistently no like a, a phone call like this could wipe me out well, i mean even a, a digital day. job where you're not having to talk all day no, screen time, things like that. It'd be very minimal, maybe maybe an hour a day. So what are, you, what are you able to do all day? Very little. So it's, it's called post-exertional malaise, but basically the more that I do, the worse that I feel. So I could get up and I could do something all day long, not a lot, but I could be up and moving around, but then it'd lay me in bed for the next week at a time. 
Do you have friends? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a wild ride. It's very bizarre. But yeah. It's, uh, I'm just staying yeah. on the money thing right now because this is about brainstorming and going, how do we get more income in? And I understand the child care issue because yeah. she, she needs to help when she gets home. But friends and family, I mean, this is a rare situation. Are you surrounded by people who know your plight and they go, hey, we'll help out until bedtime? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got a great support system, but it's to the point where, I mean, my mother's coming over and kind of taking care of my daughter during the day. Um, we do have other family and friends who help out a lot, um, and, and we lean on them quite a bit. Um, so I guess it might be a possibility to, no, it, uh, to explain Steve, that. Steve, it has it, to be. Yeah. What are your other options? You have no well, other options. You don't. You, you can't burn your emergency fund. The goal is to use as little as possible from that fund. Yeah, you it's can't. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And you can't go into debt and live off credit cards. It's just going to make the problem even worse. So we have to figure out how to spend less and make more. That's the only way to get this 600 bucks in margin. Yeah, and unfortunately right now, it is on your wife. And that stinks. But you, she can make more money, and that solves this problem. It keeps you guys from burning through really important funds. That's our reality right now, so we got to work within that reality. I'm so sorry this is happening, Steve. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back, America. This is The Ramsey Show, helping you win with your money in your work and in your relationships. 888-825-5225 is the phone number. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me. And we're going to go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Tom is there. Tom, how can we help? Hi, guys. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm 60, be 61 in June, uh, zero in retirement. Uh, my wife and I bring in about 7200 a month after taxes. So that's, that's clear. I have about 26000 in debt right now uh, between credit cards, some personal loans, and the tax bill that's due uh, uh, the end of June. Uh, I have my budget out. Everything's done. Uh, my question is, is in October when they are paid off, uh, I would like to do a uh, max out two Roth IRAs and then, uh, and then do my 401k at work. That still leaves me about 2000 a month extra to invest. Where is the best place to put that uh, so I get the most uh, return on it for the next four and a half years, five years? What happens after five years? I would like to retire when I'm 65. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah. I wish you could just announce that. At once you turn 65, you get to. Uh, uh, yeah. Man. I would like to do that. <laughs> I would love that for you, Tom, but I don't know that the numbers will work out if you just stopped well, working. We, yeah, we're going to get about, uh, we'll get no less than 4000 a month from Social Security. And I took into fact in 2034, it's supposed to go down, eight, you know, 80%. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have all those numbers crunched in there and everything. Uh, my thought is if I can get around 150000 to 160, 175, I can take an extra 1500 a month uh, out of the, the investments, and, and that's at 8%, averaging 8%. Uh, I know it's pretty aggressive. Uh, that's, that's We have a Fidelity uh, growth fund in it and at work, uh, which is averages 8 to 12 so uh, I've looked at that. So I've done some homework, but I'm just curious if there's anything other, you know, than the 401k where I'm going to get it with taxes probably uh, when I take that out. 
you know, I'm going to max out the two Roth IRAs for my wife and I. Uh, yeah, and outside, you got 401k through your employer. You have the IRA outside of an employer. And then you can also invest in health savings account if you have access to one of those through a high deductible health plan. That's another yeah. spot yeah, you can we, invest. Okay. Is that taxable at the at the end of the year or whenever I take it out? Because that rolls over, right? You can roll that over. Yes, the HSA will yeah. roll over. And if you use it for qualified medical expenses, you can take it out tax-free. It'll grow tax-free. If you use it okay. for something else, then after 65, it kind of turns into more like a traditional 401k where it will become taxable okay. income. Uh, if it's not used okay. for those medical expenses. So those are three options for you. Yeah. Outside of that, there is a brokerage account that's not connected to retirement, non-retirement brokerage account that is taxable. So you'll have short-term capital gains, long-term capital gains. But I, I feel like right now we need to just focus on stacking, getting out of this debt. Do you have a mortgage as well? No, our house is paid off. Good. So we have this 26000 in consumer debt. You said will be done by October. Yeah, the the... The, uh, I have a five thousand dollar tax bill. Our taxes are forty five hundred a year, which is why I want to probably sell the house when I'm sixty five and go and downsize. Uh, oh, you would you something. pay cash for the next house? Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, yeah. that's a yeah, good plan. The proceeds, the proceeds from this, and get something smaller. Hopefully, maybe have another fifty or sixty left over from that. Um, and then you do have catch up would, contributions with the four hundred one k and the IRA at your age. Right, right. So I would take advantage of all of that, max everything out once you get rid of the okay. consumer debt and once you have a three to six month emergency fund. Right. Yeah, I have the thousand. I'm not worried about the thousand. I have that. Well, you need more than that once you're out of debt. Yeah, yeah. So you might okay. not be investing till next year. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's yeah. the game plan. Yeah, and have, you might need yeah, to work longer than 65. Uh, pardon? You might need to work longer than 65, and I would plan on that. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've done the numbers all the way out to 67, which is my my uh, my max or my, my actual retirement uh, date. Uh, so, um, yeah, I've looked at it, and then, and that gets me like an extra four or 500 a month, too, my Social Security. Not that I want to rely on that, because you never know. But yeah. what do you what do you enjoy doing, Tom? If let's just fast forward and let's just assume you're you're bored out of your mind a year into retirement, and you're like, man, I got to well, get out I, and I, do I, something. What do you what would you okay. do? What do you well, enjoy? I, I, my, I, I already and I'm, this is another another bonus on that. I did start. Uh, I've started two companies uh, during the time frame uh, from I was eighteen uh, through. Now I've started two companies and sold them. Uh, we've been very well. We've been blessed. Uh, the problem was, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this. My dad passed away when he was six months away from retiring. And, um, he, uh, and I had a heart attack four years ago. So I was like, I'm going to live like it's my last because you just don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I fell into, a trap of some of the other stuff. So I have actually about three months ago started a small company, small business, uh, to take care of me if I'm bored. Uh, my wife and I love to golf. So we have that also, that's, that's an entertainment thing. But as far as making extra money, uh, I, I started a small candle company local. I'm already in some retail shops, uh, looking at doing an Etsy thing. 
not looking at blowing it up anything huge, but there is some extra cash flow. It is financing itself right now. I'm reinvesting everything. I've only put about 600 of my own in it to get it started. So I do have some things there. Okay. Um, well, that's good. You you know, and you know why I, I asked that I question. Have a plan. Yeah, I have a plan. And uh, yeah, I, I just, uh, that was my one fear was being bored out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're going to need to golf a golf course so many times before you're like, okay, I'm, and, I'm and, done. And that's my point. You can slow down, yeah. enjoy life, do those things. Yeah. But fully retiring uh, in your situation, if, if you're supplementing some of your basics, like gas and groceries and utilities mm-hmm. and that paid off house, uh, working for yourself or somebody else, uh, that's supplementing because you are way behind on actual retirement. And George is right. right you right. know that's not going to add up that quickly. So having a fallback yeah. plan right now is really smart. And I would say to you that we need to change the way we talk about this in America. This idea of retiring doesn't mean just waking up and 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 just fotsing around all day doing hobbies. Um, th- there is a way to work. I think we should continue to work on some level, not necessarily because we have to, but because we want to. And um, you know, I, I think that we got a we got a lot of people that are George Boomers that are moving into retirement, and we're watching people come back because they're like, I want to do something. Yeah. And in this case, yeah. Tom, the right do something um, could really help you out on those uh, basic expenses for a while. So, Tom, can I ask as a case study what causes someone to not invest a dime? until 61 years old? Um, well, I think, you know, and I, and I, I fell back on that one uh, uh, where my dad, like I said, she, he was 60, he was six months away from retiring. And, um, I, and, and I hate to say this, my motto was money's only something you need if you don't die tomorrow. And I, that was my thing. And we just, uh, two, three years ago, we took 17 golf trips down to Virginia. Um, so you've just been yoloing your entire adult life. Kind of life. that Tim McGraw song. Yep. Live just, like you're dying. Living like you're dying. Skydiving, Rocky Mountain climbing. Wow. Three point yep. seven yep. seconds Going, on a bull Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know, and then and then all of a sudden it hit me like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. I got, I yeah. There's there's here. a lesson to be learned there. Enjoy life, but yeah. also ask the, yourself the question: Hey, how yeah. am I going to retire one day? Yeah. I would find yeah. something yeah. that you enjoy doing. Because I, yeah. I think it's a- I, I, I enjoy the candles. Uh, I've had good reception. Uh, uh, you know, not a lot and, of margin uh, in those candles, though. Are there, Tom? Uh, more than you think. Really? More than you think. But you got to move yeah. a lot yeah. of candles. Yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking. I buy okay, a candle like two way. times I'm, a year. I'm almost. I'm about eighty-five percent profit margin on on a candle. Okay, I got to tell you, I'm very surprised by that. Yeah. I'm going to do some research on candles, George. I think we're in the wrong minor minor, uh, soy, all natural. Uh, I have a great place uh, that I I can go pick up all my my uh, uh, materials myself. I don't have to pay for shipping or anything, so everything's real close. Tom the candle maker, huh? Guy is going to candle make his way right into retirement. Light one up for Tom, shall we? This is the Ramsey Show. 